Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. If you're interested in multifamily real estate, but don't know how or where to begin, our guide on how to start investing in multifamily real estate breaks down everything you need to know about identifying good investments plus real world examples. Download your copy in the show notes or visit lifebridgecapital.com forward slash start now to start your journey in multifamily real estate. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Are you in need of confidence boost in your real estate journey? Remember, behind every success story is a failure and getting up again. Draw inspiration from these real estate success stories that we've heard on the show. Our guest is Joel Florick. Thanks for being on the show, Joel. Hey, thank you very much. Happy to be here. I'm excited to have Joel on the show just because I know a lot of listeners are in the same shoes he's in and just interested in hearing how he got started and things he had to overcome and also congratulate him on just making this happen at being 25 years old. But Joel, get us started and tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into real estate and catch us up to where you're at right now. Yeah. So it goes back to as a kid growing up in Marquette, Michigan, my parents, they kind of dabbled in real estate. So we'd move into a house, we'd remodel it. They'd find a new house. We'd move into that one. And typically, they'd keep the old house as a rental. Eventually, they'd get frustrated with the tenant issue or you know something would come up. They'd sell the house. Then they might get back into the rental thing a few years later. Both my parents had full-time jobs. But I got exposed to renovations and renting residential rentals at a very early age. As I got older and I started to figure out what do I want to do as a career? What are my financial goals in life? What are my life's goals? That's a big thing for me. I really started to look at what other people were doing in the world of real estate, something that I was comfortable with, you know, excited about. And after really trying to look at kind of all the different niches, it seemed like multifamily apartment investors were not only the people who were able to achieve the financial success that I want to be able to achieve in my life, but they also live the type of lifestyle that I want to be able to live. I certainly have no problems at all with working hard, getting my hands dirty, putting in the work and the effort. But at the same time, I want to be in control of my life. I want to be able to you know, have opportunities to get out on the water and do some long distance sailing trips, uh, travel with my family. I have a wife and a young daughter that's going to be two years old here. So... Being able to have that flexible lifestyle is really important. So again, going back to looking out and seeing, hey, the people who own the big apartment complexes, those seem to be the people that have the flexibility to live the type of lifestyle they want and be able to live with the financial means to do it in a pretty fun way. So what was your first property that you purchased? Yeah. So right out of college, I started work as a program manager with a small engineering company and... I kind of took advantage of having that corporate income to go out and buy a four-unit multifamily property. So I lived in one unit, did some renovations to the others, got them rented out, and pretty quick, 
right out of school, I'm living expense-free. So that was a pretty cool feeling to feel like next to nothing for living expenses, you know, especially coming right out of school. So I got that very early win. And then pretty quickly, as I was going through the renovation process, my carpet installer had actually given me a heads up that one of his other clients was looking at selling a 16-unit apartment complex. And you know, I was a little taken aback, but when I threw out the suggestion that you know I am trying to find another property to buy, I took advantage of the opportunity and got connected with the owners. And actually, at that time, I had looked at a lot of opportunities to try and pull that deal together. Primarily, I was looking for investment partners to come in with me, try and do a syndication type model. Maybe it's not true syndication, just a couple of partners in an LLC to be able to purchase the property. But I really struggled with that. Again, I was 22 years old, very young, very quote unquote inexperienced in most people's eyes. Eventually worked out a deal where the bank would allow me to finance 80% through them. And then we got a seller second position mortgage set up for about 16.5%, which put me in a situation where it's very low money down. We structured the closing on the first, had those rent payments go to the seller on that first month. So that was a nice proration off of what I owed my down payment. So it, it turned out to where I only had to put about a percent and a half down in order to purchase this 16-unit property. And that catapulted my real estate from this side hustle hobby of trying to create some financial success to have this real business. I mean, if it starts to fail, my day job can't support it anymore. It truly has to support itself. So that's when things kind of got, I guess, serious and also a whole lot of fun. So you just got out of college, you got the corporate job, and then you bought the four unit, which it was such a smart move. You house hacked, which is a term I'm sure a lot of people have heard of, you know, living in one unit while renting the other three. It's just a great idea. I wish I had done that when I was your age, 22. But at 22, you're looking at that 16 unit and thinking about, oh my goodness, you said you kind of set you back thinking, well, can I do this? But going back to from jumping from the four to 16, tell us some things you had to overcome or even at the four unit. How did you finance the four unit before we go to the 16? Yeah. So the four unit, very fortunate that my parents were in a position to help me with a down payment. So we structured a small loan. I pay them 8% on their money, but they gave me basically 25000 as a small loan. Could use that as the down payment. And they co-signed on the loan with me. We got a commercial loan with a local lender in the area. So couldn't have done it without my parents that quick. I mean, I had a purchase agreement on the property. We were under contract before I even started my first job. So certainly if I would have waited maybe six months into my job, I would have been in a position where I could have gone a more conventional route for financing that and had been able to save up some money. But three weeks after starting my job, I had closed on the property. So we were able to move really quick. So that a month after graduation, I already had my first rental property. I love it. You said you were under contract before you even started your first job. That's incredible. That's really great. But you know, moving from the four to 16, tell us some things maybe you had to overcome. It sounds like obviously your parents were on board with this decision to pursue real estate, but what were some obstacles you had to overcome that probably some of the listeners are facing right now? Yeah. Like I said, number one thing was going to the 16 unit. I mean, this 
was getting serious, right? I mean, it, it became a business. So I had to make sure that I had the numbers right. I was able to spend quite a bit of time with the sellers, understanding the numbers, learning from them. It took us about four months from when I first started talking with them to when we actually closed on the property. So it was a pretty lengthy process and very fortunate that they acted almost as a mentor to me as I learn what it would take to actually put all the pieces together. Some of the things that I definitely had to overcome though was trying to figure out how to finance the thing. I mean, that was certainly a large challenge in my eyes at the time. Again, I reached out to a lot of people who had money in my network, who had experience in real estate, but didn't want to kind of do the day-to-day work anymore. And while they all were excited and you know thought it was a pretty good deal... I kept running into issues where they wanted all the deal and you know basically wouldn't leave me with much of anything. So it would be a situation where I would have had to do a lot of work to ultimately not be able to get much at all. And keep in mind, I didn't have a ton of capital to be able to put into that. So going with more of a traditional finance 20-25% down, I wouldn't have much skin to be able to put in the game with any investors at the time. And again, I was managing a rental property for 10 months at the time, eight months you know, when those conversations started. So it's not like I could show them a track record and put together a business plan and say, Hey, I'm confident I can execute this. And here's my track record that should provide you with confidence that I can execute the plan. So that was certainly a challenge and I didn't overcome it. But thankfully, we found a different route with doing the seller second position mortgage. And ultimately, that's kind of been the big thing that I've focused on is building up my own portfolio, building up my track record, creating a plan, showing that I can execute my plan so that years later now, I can put myself in a position where when I have conversations with potential investors on deals that I want to do in the future, the conversation is much different today than it was back when I was 22 years old. Our guest is Michael Wayne. An interesting thing about Michael is he is 25 years old and he just completed his first development of 43 units. It's a mixed use space, raising $1.8 million, making it happen. It's interesting to hear part of that story and how he got to this point. Not many people at that age are developing projects successfully. Tell us a little though about over the last few years, how you got into this kind of commercial real estate and let's go into what you're doing now. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you, Whitney, for having me on. Really appreciate it. And looking forward to the opportunity to share my story. So the story somewhat goes that I was an Indiana Hoosier living down in Bloomington and I graduated from there in 2018 with a degree in entrepreneurship and then supply chain management. And so I decided that, you know, despite being an entrepreneur my whole life and running lawn care companies, healthy vending machine businesses, photography businesses, that I really needed to get what I would consider, or at the time I called a real job. And so meaning W2, nine to five, working in a big city and, you know, give that a shot after school. So that's what I started doing. Lasted there for about 18 months. I worked for a consulting firm in downtown Chicago, lived down there, had a bunch of friends down there, a whole lot of fun, but just knew it wasn't really long-term for me. Didn't see myself at that company long-term and really didn't see myself sort of tolerating the nine to five lifestyle and really just having that entrepreneurial itch that I had to scratch. So a friend of mine at the time, his name was Alec, who's now become my business partner and one of my best friends. 
Tim and I were at a similar point and both realized that the entrepreneurial path was our way out, so to speak, and wanted to pursue something. So we started looking into different options, quickly recognized real estate was a very, very powerful tool. And if nothing else could be a means to create you know, income that could be used for other purposes down the road. So we saw it as a good stepping stone for us from what we were currently doing, which was in my case, like transaction advisory, Alec was in private equity and investment banking. And so we somewhat had transferable skills from those jobs that we could bring over into the real estate world and specifically development. And so we really just got started by talking with brokers and, you know, looking on LoopNet just the same way everyone else does and kind of figuring out which way is up in the whole pursuit for that first deal. And so we made a few good broker relationships, ended up leveraging one of those to put us in touch with some guys that were looking for some financing on a project in the Auburn Hills market. And so this inevitably ended up being the building that I mentioned before we got started, which is a 48 unit, 50,000 square foot ground up development in downtown Auburn Hills. So for anyone familiar with the Metro Detroit area, it's at the corner of Auburn and Squirrel Road in downtown Auburn Hills. So this project, we can sidestep some of the details for the time being to keep it brief, but it's been everything that we could have hoped for in a first project. And it's including in a way that makes us proud. And we're pleased with what we've been able to accomplish with this project. So it's really kind of set us up to really scale in terms of the size of the projects and the quantity of projects that we're doing as a result of this first one. And we find it significantly easier to interface with new financing resources or new lenders or new consultants because of the track record we've shown with just this one project. So I think that's been really helpful to us. And that's where we sit now in this sort of dangerous position, dangerous in a good way, in my mind, where we have you know three projects that could hit tomorrow and be sort of ground running in the financing stages, moving toward PUD approval. And that's an exciting place for us because that's, you know, a lot more than we've tolerated to date. And I'm looking forward to what that would mean in terms of bringing on help and insulating us with even more people around us to help get these projects done. Uh, Congratulations. It's going to push you to grow in ways you've not imagined yet, to say the least. It already has, I'm sure. I mean, doing a 48 unit uh, ground up. And so that's not a small project. And most would say, what in the world are you thinking starting with a project like that? You know, and so give us a little more detail, though, just on how you had the confidence to move forward on developing a project like that right out of the gate. Of course. Yeah. So I tell everyone that the most important component to doing what we did was finding the right people to put in place as your consultants, as your team. So that's architect, that's construction manager, that's civil engineer, even structural engineer, MEP engineer, projects, or I'm sorry, property management company, you know, insurance brokers. It's really insulating yourself with all the people that already understand how it works and what you're supposed to do and look for people like you to be their clients. And so we were able to gain a ton of knowledge just by leveraging the experience that our team already had all around us. So that was the most helpful in the beginning. As far as the confidence, I've always been a pretty confident person and I've always known that entrepreneurship was the direction for me. So this just felt natural. And, you know, I've been used to running businesses and, you know, having employees as early as like 16 years old. Actually, I had had my first employee when I was 15 because I I remember because I needed them to have a driver's license so that they could pick me up because I didn't have my license yet. So I've been in in that role before and have experience there. And that's been helpful. And... I got a very loving and supportive family around me and they're to varying degrees involved in the business. And I 
appreciate that opportunity to work with them on everything. And, and they're really important to our team. That's definitely very helpful to have the you know supportive family or just that unit, right? You know, at home or wherever that's close to you, that's supportive. But, you know, it's interesting. Let's say, I don't know how long ago you started that project, but... I know there's some listeners that are thinking, no, wait a minute, you know, at 25, you're probably 23 or four at the time, you know, we started this project. How'd you get people to take you serious? You named off all these architects, right? And I know the listeners are thinking, no, wait a minute, what was that list of architects? How many of those people do I need to, you know, reach out to at that age? How do you get them to take you seriously? You know, you've not done this before. You know, they're thinking, no, wait a minute, who's this Michael guy? You know, is he really going to do this? Do I give him much of my time? How'd you handle that? Yeah. So I think some of it was leveraging some existing relationships. So in the case of like our construction manager, for example, we had a connection to someone that was involved with that company. And so we had a good character reference there and we had worked with this contact before on previous real estate related stuff. So that was a good segue in with them. And I think just like the sheer size of the project and the fact that we were able to finance a project like that in the consultant's eyes gave them the confidence that they needed. Because ultimately to the to the consultants, like if the project is feasible and is financed, like they're getting a job. So like that's really what they're looking for is someone that can bring the capital and reasonable success pull off a project like this. And I think that they just saw that capability in us. And certainly we had the financing backing, which I haven't touched on yet, but I certainly can. And the combination of those two things, I think in the consultant size helped to take us seriously. But I mean, there's certainly moments with the lender early on or with municipal people early on, you know, whether it be the city council or any of the various staff members where having zero experience and never having talked to anyone at a city about any project before was very challenging. So I don't mean to paint that it was roses and daisies the whole time. It was, <laughs> it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life without a question, but we were resilient and strategic and moved quickly and executed what we needed to and found success in that. We hope that you have enjoyed the highlight show today. You can always listen to the full episodes that were featured today by clicking the links in the show notes page in the the description box. Let us know in the comments what you thought of this episode, or you can go to lifebridgecapital.com forward slash podcast and click the feedback button. Let us know how we can add more value to you. Thank you and talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.